freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 279 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today is Freedom Still a Thing? And our guest is Mark J. Victor. Mark owns the law firm Attorneys for Freedom and is an Arizona State Bar Certified Specialist in Criminal Law who has been zealously representing clients in serious state and federal crime laws matters for well over 20 years. As, long, as a longtime freedom activist, Mark Victor is regularly invited to speak to audiences across Arizona on a variety of issues, including ending the drug wars, the right of gun owners, the free market, criminal justice issues, as well as a variety of other criminal law-related issues. Welcome back to the show, Mark. It's great to be on again. I love being on the show that uh, you guys have. It's such a pro-freedom, uh, pro-gun type show. And I know that unlike some of the other gun shows, you guys aren't just pro-gun. You're pro-freedom. And it's because yeah. you're pro-freedom that causes you to be pro-gun which is different, right? Because not the whole gun community sort of takes that position. I, as you know, I speak at almost every uh, Crossroads of the West gun show, and we haven't had one for a while now, and I'm eager to kind of get back at it. Um, but I love talking to the gun crowd because the gun crowd, like every other crowd, isn't just sort of one uh, of one mind. And some of them are just, I like guns and guns, you know, should everybody should have them. And that's sort of a gun person. <clears throat> then there's the freedom person who gets the bigger picture of freedom and says, well, because I'm a, a freedom person, whether I'm a gun person or not is irrelevant, right? Because I just simply recognize the rights of other competent, peaceful, safe adults to have guns in ways that don't interfere with other people. That's the reason I'm a gun person because I'm a freedom person. And you guys get that. And so I love being on your show really for that reason. Plus it's nice to see you guys. We've known each other a long time. Yes. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we're looking just over your shoulder out your window and it's a beautiful uh, landscape, but that doesn't look like Arizona, like where we're sitting right now, where we usually see each other. Where are you right now? You know, Cheryl, that's very perceptive of you. Uh, yeah, if you take a look out there, that is Honolulu. And uh, it's, uh, it's almost sunrise here in uh, Hawaii. And uh, as you know, we have another law firm in Hawaii as well. This is a state that needs a lot of help with the freedom yes. movement here. Uh, this has really been ranked one of the least free states in the entire nation. And uh, you know, it's, it's a stranglehold of a government regulation and bureaucracy and red tape and people who think government can solve all the problems that government created. 
And so uh, we're really excited to be here, to be pushing freedom. Freedom is the same everywhere, uh, everywhere on the planet for that matter. And um, yeah, the, the struggle for freedom is something that has been an ongoing struggle, right? Since the days humans stood upright and started walking on the planet, we've been struggling for freedom. What did you think that we're ever gonna sort of get there and okay, now we've got this sort of utopian world. No, that's not the reality of things. It's an ongoing struggle. You have to be, and the founders knew about this, you have to be ever vigilant mm -hmm. in fighting because once you get freedom, you sort of got to maintain it as well. And that's a different question. What's that saying? Freedom isn't free? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, you could kind of compare it to, you know, you go on a diet or you go to the gym. You, you don't get to just check that off your list. It is a constant thing. You have to pay attention to it. If you're a gardener, you can't just, you know, plant what you want to grow and walk away from it. You've got to weed it. You've got to water it. You've got to, you know, harvest it, you know, so you've got to interact with the things that are, are valuable and life giving and our freedoms are really no different. Mark, it, let me ask you a question. Why is Hawaii so challenging for our freedoms? Well, this is a place that has been uh, really whole, wholly under the control of the Democrats. There's really one party here. The Republican Party uh, doesn't really get very much done. So there's not a this sort of balance. The one good thing you might say about the balance between the Repubs and the Dems is gridlock usually prevails. Uh, and since <laughs> neither side, neither the Republicans nor the Democrats actually understand freedom, right? I mean, there are right. some things that the pro-freedom crowd likes better from the Republicans, usually a uh, more freer economy, right? Lower taxes, more economic freedoms, better property rights, those kinds of things. Uh, but on the, on the uh, personal civil liberties side, usually the Republicans aren't so great. Uh, and the Dems used to be a lot better, but frankly, aren't so great even on the civil liberties side anymore. So uh, I would say the both parties, everybody's so worked up about, oh my God, Trump or Biden. Yeah, there's some differences between them, but both of them agree that the government has every right to boss you around in any particular area that they choose. It's just a matter of who's voting for what. Uh, I, I prefer to take a real position on freedom, which is, look, it's not the government's role uh, to determine how society ought to look and then to pass laws to strong arm people to act in ways that uh, we would prefer them to act. The only, uh, in my view, proper role of government is to protect our rights or said another way, uh, to protect what I now call the live and let live principle. You guys know, because I talked about this last time I was on. And uh, this is, I think, something that could make it a little bit easier to fight for freedom, right? Because we, if we could all emanate from the same principle, if we could sort of agree on a principle, this live and let live idea, which is great because most people already agree with this. How about this? You know, maybe we may agree, disagree on lots of things, but you do you and I'll do me. And unless we interfere with each other or we, we initiate force or fraud or coercion, or we create big risks of these things, you should be left alone, legally speaking. Morally, on the other hand, okay, this is a different question, right? We might say uh, what you're doing is horribly immoral or unhealthy or wrong or bad, or I discourage it, or I try to talk you out of it. All that's fine, uh, but the law should sort of stay out of moral issues. If we could get there, right? If we could say, mm -hmm. okay, look, we, we disagree on a lot of things about morality because people come to morality from different places, right? Um, and so we should come to the realization that we don't all agree and we're not going to all agree on moral issues. That's okay. Let's consider that in the moral world. Then there's the legal world, the world that 
you know, if you don't agree, we're going to do something to you, right? So this should be pretty small and very narrowly tailored. And I like this idea of live and let live. Almost everybody agrees with it. I mean, it's really the the heart and soul of what America is about, right? If you, when you say the land of the free, that is to say, let's live and let live. You should live your life however you want. But the other side of the equation is I got to let you live however you want. You don't get to live in ways I think are sort of acceptable. So that's the hard part on freedom. We got to sort of ask people and inspire them to step up, to understand yeah. the big picture on freedom. You know, it's not a matter of how they use their freedom. They may decide yeah. to do things you, you don't do or you don't like or you don't recommend. You got to support that as long as it's peaceful. If we could get there, then I think the fight for freedom could be a lot easier and more sustainable. And frankly, I think we have to get there. We're running out of time. You know, smaller and smaller numbers can do greater and greater harm. And there are threats from all over the globe now that can affect us, right? This whole coronavirus thing, for, as best we can tell right now, didn't start from anything anybody in the United States did. Somebody in China did something, whether it was a wet market or whether it was a lab, somebody over there did something that affected us over here in a big way, right? It messed up mm -hmm. our economy. We're fighting over mm -hmm. masks and social distancing and businesses being, we got all this craziness because of something somebody did in China. So we mm -hmm. got to think globally now. We got to say, mm -hmm. hey, there are people in different parts of the world who can create threats and affect us here. We got to sell them as well on the idea of peace and freedom. We can no longer afford the luxury of just thinking about our little free society over here in the hell with what everybody else does. I mean, we got a world where soon more people will have nukes. It'll be easier for people to sort of synthesize viruses and bacteria, maybe for bad purposes, like mm. to weaponize them. Uh, there's artificial intelligence uh, being created right now that could easily affect everybody. And so um, we got issues that we really need to address. We got to get past all this sort of infighting and bickering mm. over little dinky mm -hmm. issues. Um, as and, and what I say is, I think it's time to stop talking to the unreasonable people. I hate to say that, um, but when you get bogged down in talking to people who have unreasonable, crazy views about the world, uh, specifically the ones who say, I know how to live and I want to impose uh, yeah. the right way to live on everybody else. I don't, that's not America. This isn't freedom. No one person gets to tell other people how to live. I mean, the land of the free is something we got to earn. We got to get comfortable with the idea of being uncomfortable about how other people use their freedoms, right? It can, yeah, right. People might want to take drugs <clears throat> we don't like or live in ways we don't like or worship a gods or no gods or whatever they want to do. That's their business. We may not like it. They can eat unhealthy foods. They can do yeah. immoral things with other competent adults. As long as it's their bodies, property, money, time, it's their business. And we got to get comfortable with that. We can't manipulate by force other people and tell them how to live their lives. And both of the Republicans and the Democrats think it's okay to do that. That's why, you know, everybody's so uptight over, is it Trump who wins or Biden who wins? You know what? The sun comes up the same way. I don't <laughs> think the planet noticed. Uh, yeah, there are gonna be some differences in some things, but okay, uh, Biden got elected, Trump is out and Biden is in. Is the world that much different, really? I mean, do we expect it's gonna, I mean, do we need to jump out the window? Would we really have said life is great because Trump got another four years? I don't think so. I think when we step back and cool off a little bit, what we're gonna realize is there's some fundamental ideas here that we have to get across to people. And if we don't, whether we get, uh, as they say, the, um, you know, the, the, the jackbooted, 
a thug of the right foot or the left foot, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter that much. We're not really making huge amounts of progress. And I'm interested, I'm a man of action. I wanna make big progress. That's why, you know, at our law firm, a teamed up with other groups around the world, we're pushing this live and let live movement. And it's the perfect time for a new movement. I'm really excited about it. The Republican party has mostly melted down. Who knows what, you know, there's a big fight now for what does the Republican party even stand for? And mm -hmm. the same can be said about the Democrat party, right? Mm -hmm. there. Are they the woke crowd and the microaggressions crowd? Or are they more of the old school, traditional liberal side that maybe the ACLU would have lined up with at least free speech, freedom of religion, uh, protections for people who are charged with crimes. There were certain sort of left issues that were traditional. Uh, they were great on free speech. Now uh, they're about deplatforming people that they don't mm -hmm. agree with. And so mm -hmm. the free speech mantle used to be held and championed by the left and now uh, they're the ones that are anti-free speech. So that's why these, both of these parties, they don't really understand the big issues of freedom. So it's time for something new. And I, uh, I would ask everybody uh, watching or listening to this uh, to just check out liveandletlive.org. If you like what you see there, join the movement, be part of the solution. Uh, we got a lot of things going on globally. I got groups in Africa right now of people who are so excited um, in, in Kenya and um, several, of, several of the countries over there right now who are very excited about Live and Let Live. And they wanna organize conferences and get moving. I have a meeting this week with a group in Singapore. We have a group in Italy and uh, we're planning other groups all over the place. I have a meeting coming up with a group in Australia. We're trying to do a global peace movement here. It's the perfect right time for that. And, you know, it's sad. There's no peace movement in the world right now. And this is shocking. There's never really been a peace movement based on the right principles, right? Just to wish for peace and say, oh, I wish everybody would be peaceful. Okay, we need a little bit more of a plan than that. And this is why we got to get to freedom first. We got to stop initiating force against each other, right? There's no way for me to be in favor of hitting you over the head and saying, well, we should be trying to achieve peace. And it's just not going to happen. As, as I'm initiating force, being an aggressor, and then promoting peace, we're never going to get there. And this is why we've never gotten there. We got to take a hard line. Aggression is wrong. Self-defense right. is a response to aggression. That's different. But initiating force or fraud or coercion, these are wrong. And they're wrong for every individual. And since individuals create governments, then it's wrong for the government too. Because if the individual can't initiate force, they can't give that right to the government. And so the government can't initiate. <clears throat> so there it is. There's the challenge for all the pro-freedom people listening to this show. Do you think, like I do, that we could still have a civilized, orderly, productive society where we increase standards of living without hitting each other over the head, without threatening people, without telling them, you got to spend your money on this or that or the next thing? Could we build a society without anybody violating this non-aggression principle or live and let live principle? I, I say, yes, we can. And if I'm wrong about that, if we can't, if we actually do have to have laws that initiate force and it's and we sort of sanction initiations of force, we should stop talking about trying to get to peace because you can't get to peace while you're initiating force against other human beings. Sorry. And again, I want to be clear about this. People sometimes get confused what I'm saying. I'm not anti-self-defense. Right. And I'm also not trying to be Pollyanna-ish about the world. I'm not a utopian. There are gonna be people who initiate force. There are bad guys. 
yeah. no matter how we align the law, which is really what we're talking about, there will always be people who want and who are happy to initiate force. Great. They're the initiators. You have every right to defend yourself or to hire an agent to defend you. This is ordinary self-defense principles. And yeah, there are hard cases. There are hard, there are gray areas. That's what we talk about all the time in the gun community, right? We try to make sure we're staying on the right side of those gray areas, but there are gray areas. We all know that. So um, again, I'm not trying to be utopian here, but, but if we really want to get to freedom and peace, I think live and let live is the way we, we have a shot of getting there. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Um, and I, I think you're, you're hit on so many important things that it, it actually causes me to say, to, to wonder, okay, where did this come from for you? Because so often people, they are, whether we realize it or not, we are kind of raised to buy into some cult of personality, which is that, you know, whether it's a Trump or whether it's a Biden, um, you know, whether I identify as conservative or liberal or whatever, and to be able to be comfortable in gray areas, um, like, where did that come from for you? Especially being well-schooled to be an attorney, you would think that you might've been maybe swayed a little to the you know, the, the liberal side, because our schools seem to have become so liberal. I have an easier time, I think, persuading attorneys to, to see what I'm talking about, because, you know, really, at the end of the day, all we're talking about here is changing the law. And, and what I'm talking about makes sense if it's just presented to people. They haven't been, they've, they've been presented two choices. You have the mm -hmm. Republican choice or the Democrat choice. And, um, okay, so I, I was raised in a household that was very, very strongly a pro-Democrat. I'm from Boston and everybody in my family and everybody I knew was a Democrat, which as a little kid by itself caused me to be a Republican. I said, well, I'm a Republican. And I <laughs> you rebel, you I rebel no you. I had no idea what either side was about, but as I decided I did, I've now declared I'm a Republican, let me listen to what they're saying. I kind of liked what the Republicans were saying. They talked about individual responsibility and these principles of uh, self-ownership and rugged individualism and all this great stuff that sounded really good to me. Um, and, and then they, they went into some other areas like the marijuana war. And I thought, what about individual, what happened to indi individual responsibility? Now we got yeah. a giant social program and you can't do this and this is bad for you. And it never really made sense to me. There was a slate of issues, how the Republicans felt and a slate of issues, how the Dems felt. And they weren't really necessarily connected and I guess overall, I like the Republicans better. Like every, like other people, they say, okay, I like this sort of slate of issues better than this slate of issues. And then I got to law school and I met Butler Schaefer and he, he uh, caused a gigantic paradigm shift with me. He took up my brain out of my head and rearranged it and put it back in. And now the light, you know, the light bulb goes off. Once you understand what it is I'm talking about, you then come to the conclusion, hold on, these are all the same issues. They're all exactly the same. If, if you just pose the question and say, uh, the issue is who should decide what, is, what happens with this piece of property, whether it's your body or your money or you know, some other piece of property, who should decide what happens with this piece of property? The owner of the property or somebody else, the majority, the government, the state senate, whoever, somebody else. And uh, you know, if you just say, look, the ownership, this is the nature of ownership, right? If you own your body, then you get to decide what happens with it. Don't tell me what to do with my body, it's my body. Um, and so if you sort of emanate and you think clearly about all of these issues, 
they all kind of come out the same way, right? You're in charge of your property. When you initiate force, the reason that's the wrong thing to do is because that's doing something with somebody else's body or property without their consent. That's the reason it's wrong. That's why we say murder is wrong and theft is wrong because you are initiating force. And of course, fraud and coercion are just sort of very much related to that. You're initiating force through trickery or something like that. So these should easily, we should say these are all wrong. It's not a matter like bringing it back to the gun issue for a moment. It's not a matter of if I personally like guns or don't like guns or have guns or don't have guns. Who cares about my personal views? You're not interested in that. You're interested in, Mark, what do you think the general rules should be for everybody? And as, if you wanna talk about guns, then I would say, let's apply it the same way we apply every other rule. Don't initiate force with your gun, right? So don't and it be an initiator of force. Don't commit an armed robbery, right? That's an initiator of force. Don't commit an aggravated assault. That, so that's how I feel about how you should act with your gun. Don't use your gun to participate in a fraud or to use it for coercion in some way. And don't be a substantial risk. How might you be a substantial risk just because you have a gun? There's a couple, there's some ways I can think of. Let's say, for example, you historically have proven to everybody you're a risk because you have a gun in your hand. You might be somebody we call a convicted violent felon. Every time you have a gun, you start blowing rounds down the street or at other people without any justification. Okay, you can't have a gun anymore. You present as a substantial risk and I'm perfectly fine. Look, I know people will break the rule. This isn't an argument to get rid of the rule. This just says some people don't just like murder. Some people still murder other people. We don't say let's abolish the rule on murder, right? So that's a good rule to me. If you're a violent felon, we should make a rule that says no guns for you. If you're convicted of say tax evasion or something else, I don't see the connection to guns. So I don't think, Amen. All, I don't think <laughs> I, all should just be stripped of a gun. On what basis are you taking the gun away? They don't present a substantial risk to anybody. Leave them alone. And then there's a couple other categories, right? There's a certain variety of mental illness. Okay, well, or say you're not a competent adult. You're a, you're a four-year-old. Yeah, we can tell you no guns for you. Why? Mm -hmm. Because you're a risk with a gun. If we put a gun in a four-year-old's hand, uh, this presents a, a, a substantial risk to other people. You can't have a gun. Same with certain varieties of mental illness. And I recognize that can be hard questions. We got to figure out who's mentally ill, what types mm -hmm. of mental illnesses. We can do that. We do that now. That's okay. It's manageable. And then the last category that I can think of is uh, you have no idea how to operate the thing. You don't know which, which end the round comes out of. You don't know how the thing operates. Okay, there might come a point at which we say, you can't have a weapon because you create a risk, right? You would like to have the uh, automatic belt-fed 50 caliber machine gun and you have no idea what a trigger is and what a safety <laughs> or you know how these things operate, then maybe you shouldn't have it until you know how to be safe with it. I don't have any problem with that either. I'm not, we shouldn't have any games around this trickery where we never give you, we never say, okay, you're never qualified to have this or something like that. But the NRA has classes about certain weapons and the NRA could say, look, at this point, this person knows how to safely keep and store and use this weapon such that they're not creating a risk to another person. Great. So if they check that box, <clears throat> what right do I have to complain if another competent adult who has no history of a problem is sort of mentally competent to have the weapon and is technically competent who knows how to operate the thing safely, what, what reason would I have to complain? It's not a matter of 
do I like that this person has a gun or dislike that they have a gun? It's not that. It's just that as a human being on the planet, I got no basis to complain about another human being who poses no risk to me. So, I mean, I just think it's the same way applied to the drug war. We don't do anything special. It's not, do I like marijuana or not like marijuana? Or if you're smoking a joint in your backyard and you're a competent adult, are you initiating force, fraud, or coercion? No. Are you creating a substantial risk? No. Well, you should be left alone. If you get in your car and start driving it down the road, are you initiating force, fraud, or coercion? No. Are you creating a substantial risk? Maybe. Are you on the wrong side of the road? Are you driving like a reckless person? Then that creates a risk. So I would say we should stop you and make a rule against that. It's called reckless driving, right? So these aren't such hard questions. I just applied the same rule the same way to two issues that might look totally different, right? The prostitution issue, this is the same question. Are you a competent adult? Is there force, fraud, or coercion? Is there another competent adult involved? Who's in charge of that body? Who's in charge of that money? If they want to make an, a swap, okay, we can say this is immoral and you shouldn't do that. And uh, we encourage you not to do it. But at the end of the day, do I have a right to go hands-on and say, sorry, you two can't do this or take somebody to jail because they're, how have they violated the live and let live rule? I would say they haven't. They should be left alone. There's no magic here. We need to get away from this idea that we're sending a message by making it, we're not, the government's role isn't to send a message to us. We're competent adults. They're our agent. We yeah. tell them what to do. They don't send yeah. messages to us to tell us how to live. That's what yeah. the parents are for. The parents Absolutely. in our country need to step back up and take responsibility for raising their own children and stop pushing this off to the government. They're not in charge of our kids. We are. If you're not prepared mm. to be a parent and you don't want the responsibility, don't make a kid. If you're a parent, take the responsibility. If you want to really know what's wrong with our world, that's what's wrong with our world. We need to be better parents. We need to raise Don't our disagree. Yeah. Mark, we, we've got to, I've got to sway off this a second because we're running out of time and I really want to bring this out. You're going to be our platinum sponsor at one of our speakers at and one of our speakers at the rally to celebrate the protect our Second Amendment rights on Saturday, February 20th at the Arizona State Capitol from 10 to 2. Why do you think these kind of gatherings are so important? I love it. I just love talking to people about freedom. What I just said is what I really love saying to the gun crowd. Yes, yes, I'm pro gun, but I'm not pro gun because of having anything to do with guns. I'm pro gun because I'm pro freedom. And right. then try to get them to see the bigger picture about freedom, really huge. I want to tell them all about our Attorneys on Retainer program now because we got this self-protection program, which is the big thing for gun owners. If you're a gun owner in Arizona and you want to have our team on your side in case you have a problem, this is going to cost you 25 bucks a month. For 25 bucks a month, you pay us. If you get a problem, and I'm, I'm simplifying this, a little bit, but if you have a problem with guns, say you shoot somebody or you pull it out or you get charged with a disorderly with a firearm, we're gonna defend you and the legal fees for you are gonna be zero even if you go through trial for 25 bucks a month. You're not a member of some club, you're not in some insurance plan, you don't have to pay the benefits back like you do with the USCCA or some of these other programs. With us, you're a client of the firm. So I wanna tell people about that program they can find out about it just by going to our law firm website, attorneysforfreedom.com. And up at the top, it says attorneys on retainer. 
the red button. Super easy. You can sign up right online. 100 bucks to sign up, 25 bucks a month. You got coverage. You're a client of the firm. You get into a problem with your firearm. We got your back. Right, because even an accidental discharge could cause you a lot of legal fees and time in jail, right? People don't realize it's a mandatory prison felony offense in Arizona, an accident, an oops, the gun went off and nobody was hurt. Nobody was almost hurt. That's still a mandatory prison felony. And they prosecute every one of those. So keep your mouth shut. Give us a call. Hopefully you're a member of the Attorneys on Retainer program. We're going to take care of the thing for you all the way through a jury trial. No legal fees whatsoever. I mean, to not have this just doesn't make sense in Arizona, in my opinion. One other quick question. There's 8 million new gun owners. What do you want to tell them? I want to tell them first, like I tell everybody at the gun show, don't be an idiot with a gun. Don't, pre don't present the other side, another statistical argument that, look, another idiot with a gun. There's enough idiots with guns already. Be a responsible gun owner which means don't go looking for ways to pull it out. You might want to read my five things article. It's on our website. It's attorneys for freedom, the five things, every responsible gun owner ought to know. I'm the only one who talks about these things because this is really from my 27 years as a criminal defense attorney, the things that you need to know if you're going to carry a firearm and it's very conservative, right? You really should think carefully before you pull out your firearm. So there's that. And then there's also the, what we've been talking about on this show, the, the greater issues of freedom, to win our rights of competent adults to keep and bear arms. Yeah, that's important. But to be, have tyranny in every other area, it's not the place I want to live in. I think we can gain freedom in all of these areas if we just unite on the underlying live and let live principles. That's all we got to do, a simple argument to just live and let live. And this is what I'm bringing and aiming at the reasonable people not just of our state or of our country, but of the whole world. We need, and that's the tribe we're all in, right? We're a human tribe, really. And we, we need to think of each other like that. We're all brothers and sisters, no matter where you were born, no matter what color your skin is, no matter what songs you sing or foods you eat, we need to look at each other differently and stop. To, it's not America first. I never liked that. It's we need to find win-win policies, things that really benefit America, that are good deals for America, that are also good deals for our brothers and sisters in other parts of the world. We can reach these kinds of deals. We need to think more globally. We need to think more inclusive. We need to get past all this stupidity of what color is your skin. We can't get past this stuff until we start getting past it. Let's get past it. I don't care about the color of your skin. I care only about the content of your character. Somebody very important once said that, right? Somebody I admire a lot. So uh, Martin Luther King is, is you know, I wish uh, we could spend more time thinking about what Martin Luther King's words were. And also reading his letter from a Birmingham jail, the, what his points about unjust laws. I normally send that around every year. Just because it's the law doesn't mean it's the right thing. Yes. Absolutely. Mark, Jay, Victor, thank you so much for taking this time with us today. I am so excited to hear what you're going to share with us uh, at the rally on the uh, state Arizona State Capitol lawn on Saturday, February 20th, between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m., where you have dove right in. And thank you so much for being the platinum sponsor for that. Yes, yeah, great seeing you guys. I look forward to seeing you at the state capitol. And 
I owe both you guys a big hug. It's good to see All you. Right. Absolutely. Thanks, you too. Bye-bye we'll now. See you. Bye-bye. Take care, guys. Have a great rest of the day. You Bye-bye. too. That's fantastic. <laughs> now, he was really under a time crunch, and uh, that's why we were sort of like right. rushing him there at the end that, that he had a place that he had to go. Um, so normally I would have him, you know, say, how do you find him? How do you follow him? And he did say a couple of times in his, uh, while he was talking the ways that you can reach out, but the live and let live.org and the attorneys for freedom dot, I think that was a com. I will double check that. Uh, while you we're can also get here. the link off of our off our website, the Gun Freedom Absolutely. Radio. Absolutely. On the guest page at gunfreedomradio.com, click the guest tab, find Mark J. Victor, and then you'll be able to find his um, website from there. Wow. That was, that was a rapid fire yes. uh, lesson in, in freedom for sure. And so much to think about. Well, that... I've gotten a lot to think about. Mm-hmm. Live and let live. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cheryl and I took the family. We went to San Diego and then we went into LA mm-hmm. um, this weekend yes. because we had to go pick up some firearms and some Coke. <laughs> I picked up you want to clarify that? I picked up a trailer. I had a 24 foot trailer and I picked up a whole bunch of Coke and firearms. What, what do you mean by you picked up a whole bunch of Coke? Oh, Coca-Cola stuff. Yes. Memorabilia, oh, advertising stuff. <clears throat> yes. For it's, auction house. Oh, auction. Such cool stuff. Wait till you guys see yeah, it. Some of the stuff from way back, but, but that anyway. was our little joke all weekend. Right. So anyway, the, <laughs> the reason why you said live and let live. And I look at California and I want to tell you guys, they are hurting. They just reopened it so that you could have restaurants if you dined outside. Now, this is all because of Governor Newsom, right? What's his first name? Gavin. Gavin Newsom. And it was by his decree that um, auction house, I mean, that uh, uh, restaurants had to be closed except for takeout. And then he just decided a couple of days ago, oh, we'll let you open up again as long as you're outside. We'll let you. Let you. Okay. Right. Now you've invested yeah. your time. You've invested your money. You are, are, you know, you've either purchased a building, right, to operate out of, or you're tied to a lease where you're paying rent. And then this governor, a governor. an elected He's official who, who works for you is going to let you right. operate your own business. Wow, that's so more. magnanimous of him. But there's more. Good heavens. <clears throat> there's more. Yes, the, but wait, there's more. Yeah, so he says, okay, you can have, you can serve outside dining. So they're tents that have three and sometimes four sides closed in with no air conditioning, no heating, no nothing. And nowhere for, if there is this virus, to go but around. So you're outside, but you're still inside. You're still inside. Now, we actually ate at a restaurant. But it's okay. And they're going to let you. Right. Because you're outside, but but you're still inside. Right. We were at a restaurant. You got that whole building. We are at a restaurant right? a couple of days ago. Can't go in that one. Hey. Go ahead. <laughs> we are at a restaurant a couple of days ago that you could not see an opening to the outside. No. It was all enclosed, but it was on the roof, enclosed on the roof. So they said it was okay. And and now they've got this guy in Los Angeles that wants to do the Super Bowl and have TVs outside setting with his uh, 
you know, for people while they're eating. So it's like a restaurant right. bar. In but Los it's outside. Angeles. Okay. And they said no TVs. The health department said they could not have TVs at this outside restaurant. So the health department can now tell you whether or not you can maybe not own the TV, but utilize where you may and may not utilize Your a TV. television. And let me tell you, folks. Does that sound okay to you? You vote. You guys in California, you vote. But let me tell you some good news. So we're walking along the beach, San Diego, and I seen this flag that said Trump, and I also saw this flag that said <clears throat> Biden. And um, so we went and talked to them. And next to them in the same area was a petition to recall Newsom. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're doing very well with that. So there are people that realize the mess they're in and they are trying to do something about it. Mm -hmm. And I just, I'm just praying that they are successful. Um, it's, it's quite a feat. They have to get like 1.4 million votes and they got 1.3 uh, signatures, but the people are hurting. You know, you think about it. Okay. So they had the restaurant, they closed them, then they let them reopen again. And then they closed them again. And then, I'm on a rant here because what about Disneyland, mm. Knoxbury Farm, Magic Mountain, Legoland, SeaWorld? Well, they let SeaWorld open just two days ago because they are a zoo, but you can't ride the rides. Or you can go to a bar where there's all kinds of people outside touching each other. You can't even move, and that's okay. Maybe... Who knows? Does he have something to do with liquor license or I don't know, but there's, as Mark was saying earlier, um, you know, live and let live. The reason we can't have live and why we don't have live and let live is because control and power. Mm -hmm. The people that they are electing in California do not want to live and let live. They want control and power. If you don't believe me, go ask Nancy Pelosi. I'm sure she'll tell you. Mm-hmm. Well, control and power yeah yeah absolutely i don't think i can um really do any any better than than what you said i i think you really wrapped it up but it is especially on the heels of what mark j victor was talking about what is what is the property whether it's your your body like let's say it's your body right <clears throat> now and you know the government says or the health department or whoever it is says all right, look, we've detected this virus. Here are the risks. And here is the, you know, the, the chances of, you know, you might get it and get really horribly sick. You and might here's what get we'd like you to do. Die. Like you to do. Right. And you, they can't even say that. Here's what we'd like you to do, or here's what we might recommend for you to do. Um, but they've taken it way, way, way too far in my estimation, way overboard. They, they have gotten too far into our individual personal lives to the point of telling us, you know, what we have to wear, not just wear, but on our face. Now they're saying what a more double mask. intimate place to, for the, the government yeah. to enforce a dress code on your face as you are breathing in and out as you are trying to interact with the world it's it's really too much so tell me what the risks are and then let me let 
right? Get out of the way and I will assume those risks. Now, what they've done is the fear mongering. Yeah, but we're going to fill up all the hospitals and we're going to tax those hospital workers' abilities. And, you know, you're going to kill your grandma because you didn't wear a mask. Well, we're not seeing the hospitals over flooded anymore that I'm aware of. And if there are, I'm not hearing from those hospital administrators uh, telling, telling us that there's a problem. What I'm hearing from are people that I personally know who are medical workers who are saying, yeah, we, we get cases and, you know, some people get better and some people don't and they, and they die. Well, but that's the same as every day. I, I want to clarify. <clears throat> there are some hospitals that are full, especially in California, but they have the mass program before that. The mass program is not. The Thank answer. you. Yes, I I should have clarified <clears throat> when I was talking about masks, and then I went right. to that. That that's the thing is they say the mask is the save. Oh, now it's two masks, right. right? So the point is, I agree with Mark. Give us the information. Get out of the way because the government has a role to play, and they are way overstepping what what our founders had intended for them to do. Folks, I'm not a doctor. I don't even play one on TV. I'm not giving you medical advice. I'm not telling you what you should wear on your face or not wear on your face. I'm just telling you to keep the government in check. Keep your brain in check that you aren't letting fear allow you to just throw away your freedoms, which is exactly why we call this episode, is freedom still a thing? Is it still a thing or is it done now? We had it. We didn't really care. We got scared because of cooties and we threw it all away. I remember a couple of years ago, we went to a beach in Coronado and they had signs that say, caution that there's um, the sea, the, what are those things? Stingrays Mm. in the water. And they didn't say you couldn't go in the water. They just said, be cautious of it. Mm -hmm. Drag your feet, whatever. Mm -hmm. And we went out there and Jason, my son-in-law got stung by a stingray. But we had a ball Mm -hmm. and we have a ball every time we go to the beach. Mm -hmm. And I don't want the government telling me that you can't go in that water. Mm -hmm. I want them to tell me there are potential risks in the water, Mm -hmm. but use at your own risk. Absolutely. Life, live it at your own risk. And if you're anywhere near California, or even if not near, find a place that you can uh, support the recall for Governor Newsom. I don't normally get involved with this, but I'll tell you. He, I thought you were going to say find he, a place, a small mom and pops, a small restaurant and struggling and support them. Do that too. Okay. Because we went tip crazy this week yes, because we these people that served us had not been working for a long time. Yeah. But if you, if, if, you know, I normally don't get involved with the other states issues, but this is important. Uh, there's too much control. All right. Well, we have got to wrap up and get out of here. Uh, there's some some facts and figures. Everybody's so you know excited about facts and figures and statistics and stuff these days. And there's a couple of important ones that we used to say every single show. And somehow we just kind of in this new format where we're you know one guest um, show, we've gotten away from it. And I think it's too important yes. to to not talk about every single week. Did you know, have you heard on any of the national news 
stations that, you know, when they talk about gun violence and, you know, all these needs suddenly for new gun laws, like, I mean, really heavy handed draconian gun laws that we should be um, very aware of coming from the, uh, the Biden administration. And then in many, many of the states, including Arizona, we've got some coming up here. So we hear about those things, but do we ever hear about the two and a half million times, at least two and a half million times every single year? That's 365 days in a year. Yeah. I mean, do that math that a life was saved because there was a responsible gun owner on hand, right? And 200,000 times every year, a woman prevents sexual assault because she was a responsibly armed citizen. These are real lives. These are actual human beings whose lives were positively impacted because there was a responsibly armed citizen nearby. And they were first responders, right? Yeah, because the police can't be there quick enough. Absolutely. They do a great job, but they can't be there quick enough. Right. Amen. All right. So keep those numbers in mind. Keep your, keep the fear at bay. Keep the logic in the forefront of your mind. Think about the live and let live principle that Mark J. Victor was talking about. Read your founding documents. It takes all of about an hour, maybe a whole hour and a half to read that big, thick constitution of the United States, including our Bill of Rights. Um, and you know, until next time, pray for our nation. Yes. And pray for our leaders. Absolutely. For our leaders, for our representatives, for our elected officials. Um, holy cow. I mean, if ever we needed that, you know, even the ones you don't like, why would we say that? I think especially the ones that you don't like, because they need help. I agree with you. Um, And as you're praying for someone else, maybe your heart is softening towards them. Maybe they do have a point that you weren't able to see before. Now you're able to see it. And, you know, if they are so locked on something that they shouldn't be, maybe their heart will be softened towards that issue or the people that are on the other side of the issue. And you can also pray for the people that are doing the recall. (laughs) I can definitely do that. Um, Pray for everyone for everyone and uh i did forget to thank our awesome listeners so thank you to our amazing listeners thank you to our guests um thank you for spending the time with us and until next time be good to each other have a great week and god bless bye-bye